If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent Indeed survey. With Indeed, everything hiring is all in one place and it makes it so easy. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences each day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. The more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join the more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Indeed.com slash podcast. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Today's episode of the Fangirls Podcast is brought to you by our sponsor, Goriana. Goriana offers jewelry you'll live in. The brand is known for dainty, casual diamonds and gold pieces that are designed to layer. The perfect finishing touch to any outfit. They offer free gift wrap and free shipping year-round, making their jewelry the perfect gift for a loved one or yourself. The brand is a family business owned and operated by a husband and wife team based in Laguna Beach, California. Customer service and experience is hugely important to them, so the brand offers a lifetime happiness guarantee on all orders. If anything ever breaks or is lost, the brand will replace or repair for you at no cost. You can shop online at goriana.com or any of their stores nationwide. Hello and welcome to the Girls Podcast. I'm Lauren. And I'm Julie. And we are so excited to dish and spill the tea with you today. We know that we say we're excited every week, but we do get really excited. Julie, your catchphrase is get excited. We get excited, folks. Yeah, we get excited because we love talking about TV shows that we love and movies. And today we're talking about Emily in Paris season two. Okay. So for those of you that saw season one, let's just recap. Emily Cooper is working at an an ad agency in Paris for a year and her love life has never been more complicated or risque before Paris. Her life was planned to the very last detail. And now everything is up in the air. So last we left Emily at the end of season one, Emily is finally acting on her feelings for Gabrielle, who's like this haughty chef, who's also her neighbor in the same apartment building, one floor below her, but and rightfully so, because he is damn fine. And he is like the cutest chef and he's French and he gave her a special pan. Yes. We're team Gabriel, right? Yes. We are team Gabrielle so hard. And I mean, I think that, I think Gabrielle's a very big win for France as a whole. (laughs) Just, just putting that one out there. Franz is now going to hate us for saying that. But I mean, Luca Bravo, he's such a great actor. He's just beautiful and just so sweet and just mm, yummy. So overall, your feelings of this, when you told me, you're like, I watched this Ugh. and it was a big tease. And it I was, was like, a giant tease. I have zero closure on season two. It oh, was, I have no closure. None, none. And I mean, we have love triangles. We have sexual tension. A lot of sexual tension, an amazing soundtrack and Mm -hmm. amazing fashion. Oh, Trey Rangard suitcase. Let's put that one out there. (laughs) Okay. Part of my French, but, uh, Trey Rangard. 
but yeah, no, it season two left the door open for a lot of possibilities and we better get a season three. We better. We have to get a season three. You know, that scene in season one where she's trying to use her little toy because she's lonely and then she like blows the circuit and can't finish what she started. That is basically how the entire season two felt. <laughs> right. You're like, come on, there's no satisfaction. So we have Lily Collins as Emily Cooper. We have Luca Bravo as Gabrielle. Ashley Park plays Mindy. And we have Camille Razat, who plays Camille. Philippine Leroy Boliu, she plays Sylvie. Lucien Laviscount, wow, that's fancy, plays Alfie. Kate Walsh plays Madeline Wheeler. And Samuel Arnold plays Julian. Okay, so I feel like we need to just get into spilling the tea. Like, yes. here's the part of the show where we spill the tea. Spoilers. Spoiling it. Here's your warning. We're talking about Emily in Paris season two. So here's a quick recap of this season. Emily wears a lot of snazzy outfits and tries to please everyone. Mindy sings a lot, like a lot, a lot. Mm -hmm. Gabrielle doesn't leave his restaurant, but he still looks smoking hot in his apron jacket thingy. Camille cries and whines a lot about Gabrielle. Sylvie's new boyfriend meets her husband. Alfie sends mixed signals, but looks hot while doing it. So we are fine with this. Madeline brings cringe to a whole new pregnant level. Okay. I hate to say this, but Emily kind of bugged me this season. I felt like she was like very indecisive about Gabrielle. And I feel like she should have went for him. She could have told Camille that she had feelings for Gabrielle and that she was going to pursue them. Like be a woman for heaven's sakes. Like she kept ignoring what Gabrielle was clearly saying that he wanted, which was her, mm -hmm. not Camille. And I feel like Emily was trying too hard to make something happen between Camille and Gabrielle. And it wasn't meant to be. Nothing stopped her last season from kissing Gabrielle repeatedly. But all of a sudden she has this ironclad conscience. They slept together at the end of season one. So she's like, no, I need to get them back together. Why on earth would you want to get them back together? However, oh. he should have been upfront with her last season. He should have been upfront with Camille and said, you know, I have feelings for Emily. He did put Emily in a tough position, but he also didn't ask her to kiss him that first time. And that's likely what solidified that spark between them in the first place. And I feel like the only voice of reason in this season for Emily was that one moment where Mindy was like, you need to stop trying to please everyone and do what makes you happy. Yes. I think Mindy was the voice of reason. I don't feel bad for Gabrielle at all. For me, no. it was a, oh, I can't have my cake and eat it too situation. And you know, he wants Emily, but he defaults to Camille because it's what he knows. It's all he's known. And when Emily makes it very clear, well, when she makes it clear that, hey, this can't happen again, I screwed up. I like, I think she takes responsibility for both of their actions in leading him on and giving that spark a chance to begin with. And while he definitely wanted it and was 50% of that scenario, she takes responsibility for it. And when she realizes Camille really wants that relationship to work, she immediately, you know, backs off and says, I need to do the right thing and get my friend back together with, with her man. And I'm torn with Camille more than anything else. I see two sides to the situation here. You've been with someone for five years and the relationship ends and you're going through all these emotions. Like, mm -hmm. how do I move on? Mm -hmm. And you're looking at the past five years of this dude wasted my life, at least five years of it. And you don't know why it ended. You just know that it did. She picked up on a few things right off the get-go too. 
he's like, okay, he ended things, but he's not leaving. Like he said, he was something's going on. So she's in the thick of the psyche of going through a breakup and yeah, Emily she's sees emotional. it. Yeah. yeah. She's super emotional and she's just trying to cope with her girlfriends in the process. And Emily sees it. Then when Camille figures out Emily and Gabrielle hooked up, she disowns both of them. That moment was epic. Yeah, it was so party. good. It was she so good. She sees the pan with the initials and she's mm-hmm. like, oh, hell no. Yeah. And I thought that would have been not just the, the birthday scene, but the scene where they're doing this whole monologue of... Camille saying like you sociopath or you psychopath. Oh, the letters. Yeah. The letters back and forth that I loved that part where she, Emily tries to write Camille a letter in French and it just sounds like a three-year-old wrote it for their first day in French. It's the worst. Yeah. And then Camille (laughs) writes back, don't talk to me ever again. You psychopath basically. And I feel like that would have been a great way to give closure to Camille's storyline if you were to write her off. Yeah. Okay. She's she's done with both of you. This is where uh, Emily and Gabrielle can pick up where they left off with all that sexual tension and ride off into the sunset if they were to write Camille off in this storyline. They didn't. Instead, they put a twisted, manipulative storyline to her character mm-hmm. and- made me really want to dislike her, but I also understood why she was doing it. She's holding on to something. The only thing that she's known for the past five years and becomes very territorial in the process. And anytime anybody looks at Gabrielle, she's just like, Nope, I will be here and you will not cross this path. And it's her mom's influence on the situation too. Yeah. And you know, it's genetic, (laughs) you know, the apple does not fall far from the tree in this situation. In that season finale, you see her close in on Gabrielle so hard when Emily is about to drop that truth bomb. And Gabrielle was just like, oh, I knew it. (laughs) I knew this wasn't going to end in my favor. And he just responded to Camille in the same way that she did. This is all we've known for the past five years. It's when you're holding on to something so tight that you don't know how to let go of it and you become yeah. so territorial of it. I feel like, okay, so Gabrielle, I feel like he could have fought for Emily harder. He could have said, Hey, I really want to be with you. I'm going to be upfront with Camille. I don't want to be with her anymore. Mm-hmm. I want to be with you. But nobody except for Camille in the situation was really taking strong action for right. what they felt. She was the only one that's like, I want him back. I'm going to get him. But Gabrielle wasn't like, I want Emily. I'm going to do whatever it takes to get her. He just was kind of go up to bat. Yeah. Up to bat. Like you could see that there was, he still really cared about Camille and it's like coming out of a relationship. It's hard because it's a comfortable space and you can fall into that same pattern of what has felt comfortable for, you Mm -hmm. know, the past five years or whatever it was. But at the same time, he clearly cares about Emily, but he didn't go for it. He could have said to Camille, like, it's over. I have feelings for somebody else. It's been growing and now I'm going to act on them. Say something, do it. But right. can we, mind you, she did it in a very manipulative way. And I feel like it was revenge mostly. It was. I think she thought she still loved him, but it was also, she was getting her revenge against Emily and how sweet was her revenge when Emily comes to Gabrielle's door to finally tell him how she feels. And Camille has moved herself in. I was very annoyed by the fact that Emily agreed to this dumb pact 
for the sake of this friendship. Yeah. She's friends with Camille, but she's not best friends with Camille. Why Mm. are you putting so much value on this friendship when you clearly have a stronger connection with Gabrielle and she's good friends with Gabrielle too. She has Mm -hmm. so much fun with him and you see that in this show, but she's, you know, really putting like the sisters before misters vibe, you know, out there, but it's, I I sometimes think that that's a little bit dumb because if you're meant to be with someone, you really want to be with someone, you need to be authentic about your feelings. And Emily was not being authentic about her feelings this whole time because she was kind of overwhelmed with guilt. Mm -hmm. Yes. She did kiss him when she knew he had a girlfriend, but at the same time, he was just as much to blame because he didn't break up with me. But then, you know, when she slept with him, they had broken up to mm-hmm. me and Gabrielle. Right. You know, so that wasn't wrong that she did that. She can do whatever she wants. Right. right. They're both consenting adults. The storyline I would have liked to see for Camille is that she deserves better and she'll find better and that there's someone better for her than Gabrielle. Don't go back to what you know that did you dirty. It shows yeah. that she learned nothing in the process. To me, Camille not speaking to them seemed in line with her character. Mm-hmm. But then the whole manipulation and trying to weasel her, her way back in, that just seemed very petty. And maybe it was supposed to seem petty. Right. But has Camille really stopped and asked herself, who can I grow with? Right. Can I grow with Gabrielle? No, he just wants to have this kind of, you know, simple sort of low-key life in this restaurant and she's out doing stuff and she has this champagne business and she's an art curator and all of this stuff. And I don't know. I don't think that they're a good match. Right. Oh, I was, I'm definitely shipping Gabrielle and Emily hard after season two, as much as I love the casting for Alfie, Mm -hmm. I felt his storyline was so predictable. Like the douchey British guy who gets feelings eventually and grows on you. Yeah. You know what I think is going to happen with mm -hmm. him? He's gorgeous but he gets a little intense sometimes, almost hair triggered. I feel like if they stay together, that temper is going to get aimed at Emily at some point. And I have okay. this uneasy feeling about him. Cause you saw when he, he gets like all upset, like, what are you saying? Like when he's talking to Gabrielle and Gabrielle is like, you know, yeah, there was something between us and he gets kind of like jealous. And I'm like, is he going to be jealous whenever Emily is talking to any other guy? So Alfie, I can't see him really lasting past one episode of season three, kind of what they did like with Matthew. Mm -hmm. She's, he was out of the picture. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like that's going to happen because clearly Gabrielle and Emily, they're meant to be, they just work and they have a really sweet relationship if they could just allow themselves to be in it. And I feel like as women, so often we will say no to the things that are good for us or the things we actually want because we're used to deferring to other people or kind of just pleasing everyone else. And it was very satisfying when Mindy was like, can you just do what makes you happy and stop worrying about other people? Like what is making you happy? And Mindy's kind of living that out. It was not making her happy to live off of her dad. She's making a way for herself. And no, I don't feel sorry for her that people found out who she is when she worked like Oh yeah. No. Yeah. You're some rich girl, whatever. Who cares? And she did. She stood up on her own two feet. Mm-hmm. Although I felt like there was just so much singing in this, this season. There was, but I enjoyed the singing and I'm not a musical person. 
who enjoys musicals and shows or goes out of my way to find musicals in general. And I thought Ashley Park nailed it. She did. But for me, it just felt like I was watching a performance of Mindy every episode. And I just really wanted to see more of that. It just seemed like there was a big showcase for her every episode, sometimes more than one. Mm -hmm. And it was a little much for me. And I am a musical person. (laughs) You know, I'm like, this is not the show that I signed up for, but that's just my opinion. I mean, I think she sings beautifully and she does great. This is just showcasing Mindy in Paris now, but you know, no, this is, I want to see Emily and Gabrielle get together. Another interesting aspect that happened was Madeline, the big boss played by Kate Walsh came to France and was the cringiest character ever. And that was the straw that broke the camel's back for Sylvie. And she called up her husband and he bought her shares of the restaurant that he has down in in Saint-Tropez and she's starting her own firm. And Mm -hmm. I really loved this aspect of it. You know, Sylvie's kind of learning how to open up more and enjoy this relationship with her boyfriend. Yeah, she has a husband and boyfriend. She's very French, but it's fine. They're okay with it. (laughs) And she's leaving Savoir. She decides to say bye bye. Mm -hmm. And then Madeline is basically sitting in this empty office and is expecting Emily to do a bunch of stuff. And she's eating the whole entire season. Madeline is eating the whole season. Have you noticed that? Yes. But I think they did that on purpose just to make her seem even more annoying. And she's so tone deaf on everything. She's the biggest Karen. So irritating. She was coming off again, very cringeworthy, like you mentioned. And I got more irritated when she was putting all that work on Emily Mm-hmm. And it was that American corporate mindset of, oh, we're going to mold you and make 10 more of you, but work more. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, oh my God, this is exactly what we're dealing with. Mm-hmm. And they, they hit the nail on the head as far as what our generation is dealing with corporate America at the moment. And they highlighted it beautifully and just made yeah. it that much more cringeworthy. But I was like, oh, wow, they, um, they did not beat around the bush on this subject matter whatsoever. So there was that. Yeah. <laughs> Cause you know, Emily is at a crossroads, mm-hmm. you know, she only thought she was going to stay in Paris a year and now she has to make this, this decision. Sylvie says, I want you to come work for me. You're amazing. Mm-hmm. We want you with us. Emily, then she runs and goes to Gabrielle's apartment and she's about to tell him how she feels and Camille's there just whatever. And then, you know, we see her walking over the bridge and she says, I've made my decision. She calls Sylvie. She's of course going to take the job. Mm -hmm. I think she's going to take the job. I think she's kind of had it up to here and she's going to probably throw herself into her work, but I have a feeling for season three, I think the, the triangle with Camille it's played out. Right. And Camille's got to go. Yeah. She's got to go. Yeah. I agree. Or, I mean, I feel like the lesson that really needs to be taught is how much Camille deserves better and that she's capable of finding better or a better fit for herself. Not that she has to be manipulative or crazy or put that stigma on women. I think Camille needs to learn as as well as Emily. I feel like Emily is fine being on her own. She's perfectly fine being single, being in a relationship. She's in a lot. She dates a lot of guys, but she doesn't go looking for it. Mm -hmm. You know, she's not, she doesn't 
come across as desperate. And Camille, she's been in a relationship for five years. She's forgotten how to date. Right. She's also forgotten that she doesn't have to date and she can be happy by herself. I think she needs to learn that and, and not just, oh, you deserve someone better. No, you, you might have a relationship that ends because all relationships end, mm -hmm. whether it's death or you just break up. Eventually they're going to end and you might be alone. So you have to figure out how to be happy when you're alone. Because if you think about it, how old could Camille possibly be? 27? 28. Mm -hmm. So if she's been with him since she was 22 or 23, just out of college, she doesn't even know who she is as an adult without him. So instead of jumping into another relationship, just figure out who you are and what you want. You might be a different person now, but you're hanging on to something that feels comfortable because you don't know anything else. So hopefully she'll learn that lesson and, you know, lean into her business and be okay with being on her own. Because when Emily, she broke up with her boyfriend when he wasn't going to come from Chicago, right. did she even cry? Maybe a little bit of frustration, but then she just moved on with her life because she's kind of a career woman. Yeah. You know? Yep. She's had a lot of relationships and things have been a little bit rocky, but you have to learn how to be comfortable being by yourself and Agreed. being okay with who you are without a person, another yep. person there. Okay. Well, my favorite scene in season two was Versailles. Oh it, yeah. It just brought up a whole bunch of beautiful memories. That big hall at Versailles, absolutely gorgeous. And I can vividly remember the garden right outside of that hall. I don't think I've ever smelled flowers so fresh in my life. Wow. That was 40 feet away from me. That's amazing. That's the amazing. Garden, that been there. Right. But the gardens at Versailles were stunning and top shelf. And when you see this beautiful fashion show go down, that's Trey Rangard. <laughs> <You know? laughs> I thought it was a great storyline and it just brought back a whole bunch of good memories. Pre-pandemic, good memories, I might add. That was, was your... that was probably my favorite fashion scene. Mm -hmm. Even the dress Emily was wearing and then all of the that whole fashion show and how it turned into a dance routine. Yeah. That was beautiful. Like yeah. I was waiting for that between the music and the fashion. Those were my two favorite healthy distractions in season two, whether it's Ashley park or the, the runway music. And I was mm -hmm. like, oh, yes, give it to me mm, right here. Yes, please. Yeah. Do you have a favorite storyline? Honestly, this season was a little frustrating to me with the, the love triangle, but I think my favorite storyline as far mm -hmm. as character growth was Sylvie. Same. Yes. Okay. Yes. Go on. You know, she's this gorgeous woman in her fifties. Mm -hmm. There's this moment where she's out to lunch with her boyfriend and the waitress or the server says to her, what is your son having? And she's like, oh, my son will have this or whatever. Yeah. And she starts making out with him because it's not her son clearly. Right. And you know, the server didn't mean anything by it, but it hit a nerve, <laughs> you know, definitely yeah. hit a nerve, but it's just to see, learn a little bit more about Sylvie, knowing she has a husband that's in San Tropez. They started mm -hmm. out, they have a restaurant together, but they're kind of best friends. They have each other's back and they're there for each other, but they don't have to be with each other. Right. It's very French, very interesting. And I love kind of learning this about her and just how she is a really good businesswoman mm -hmm. and the business is a lot about relationships and she's made a lot of good relationships along the way where people will follow her. Yeah. It was very much a Sylvie got her groove back situation with the new younger guy. Mm -hmm. And I was rooting for him the whole time. I was like, well, if this is the love story that wins, I'm here for it. <laughs> yeah. And I think she's, she was learning to open up. Honestly, I don't think Sylvie ever lost her groove. She's just been in the groove forever, mm -hmm. but I just loved how they celebrated a woman of that age is sexy and powerful, knows what she wants, and she's fine being alone, but 
she's also learning how to be vulnerable and open up so she doesn't miss out on something, you know, potentially wonderful. Mm-hmm. It's she they're making this character complicated and sexy and interesting, but also making her of a certain age where you don't expire once you turn 35. And I'm really glad of the trend that we're seeing and we're going to talk about just like that in a couple weeks. <laughs> but it's that trend of don't tell us when we expire. Mm-hmm. We'll tell you, which is we don't, because did anybody say anything about Steve Martin and Martin Short being old nope. and only murders in the building? Not no one cares about that. No, they're, they're like, legends. Yeah. they're Oh, they're legends. Oh, how much Botox? They didn't have to get any because they're men. Yeah. I could definitely go on a tangent about that, but Sylvie, <laughs> she was full on. Definitely my favorite storyline. Sylvie so won far. season two for sure. Mm-hmm. And now it is time for the fangirl spotlight of the week. This week's spotlight goes to Babette's Bakery and Cafe. Located in the heart of downtown Long Beach, California, Babette's Bakery and Cafe opened their doors in September of 1992. They soon became the place to go for freshly baked bread and pastries, and over the past 30 years have expanded into desserts, cakes, tarts, and sandwiches. Gotta give it up to Babette's. I went there for New Year's Eve, just grabbed a quick lunch, was so impressed with the guest service, grabbed some amazing macaroons. Oh, they were incredibly well-staffed. The guest service was very spot on. I felt very well taken care of. And I had an amazing quiche Lorraine today. And yeah, it was so good. Guys, if you are anywhere near downtown Long Beach, California, off of Atlantic, do yourself a solid and stop by Babette's. I can't wait to eat some other macaroons. Right. That (laughs) picture you posted the other day, they looked so yummy. The Fangirls uh, Podcast is now on Etsy. Our shop has a variety of original custom-made fandom-inspired artwork in digital download form. We are offering 10% off our Etsy store with the code FANGIRL. The link to our store and all the information will be in the show notes. Visit our website to see all that the Fangirls are up to. Look out for a new blog post once a month of the Fangirls' favorite things. We put together fun, fandom-inspired shopping guides. The Fangirls Podcast is brought to you by Believe Podcast Network, and we want to take a moment and thank you for tuning into our podcast. If you like what you hear, please leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts so that we can reach more people. Thank you so much for joining us today. Please be sure to subscribe to our podcast to hear all of our latest episodes. We love hearing from our listeners. So give us a follow on Instagram at the fangirls podcast and Twitter at the underscore fan underscore girls and like our community page on Facebook to join the conversation. See you next time. See you next time. Au revoir. (laughs) Oh my gosh. We totally (laughs) thought of it at the same time. Here at the Fangirls Podcast are not affiliated with the following Netflix, Emily in Paris. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B L E A V on YouTube.